1: Welcome back to the final session of this podcast series. This section is a little bit long, so tune in and I hope you enjoy. It is very meaty.
0: HR lady Wendy Sellers of JC continuing on right here. Wendy, I've got uh I've I've got the shovel ready and and we are ready to get knee deep into those interviewing and selection processes and questions, uh, the whole nine. And isn't it fair to say that if you put that posting out there, Due process takes due time. You can't you can't cook that that amazing steak in in two minutes. Sometimes you need a little extra time, right? So if if that's going out there, let's take that interview process and drag it out as long as we need to. My sarcasm
1: <laughs> yeah, has entered the room before me, right? <laughs> right? I mean,
0: a lot of people are losing out on great jobs because the employers are taking too long to come to the table and employers are losing out on great employees because they're going somewhere else because that employer is more nimble. They're more adept and they're they're on the ball. They want to fill that role and they're not dragging their feet. Is there an ideal timetable or time frame between the time you post that interview and you bring the employee in the door? Should it be one week, two weeks, three weeks, two days, three to seven months?
1: 24 hours. No, I'm just kidding. Please (laughs) don't, don't have that expectation. Um, so I, it's going to be different for every organization, but the shortest amount of time as possible. So uh, assuming after today, you're going to have all your ducks in a row before you post that job ad, you're going to have an updated, relevant, accurate, um, and realistic job description. You're going to have the right pay. You're going to have an amazing set of benefits, or at least explain the benefits that you have and the culture. So that careers website, uh, you're going to have all that marketing piece. You're going to have somebody who is a marketing person um, uh, help you write the ad. I could be one of those people. I could, I could, I'd be more than happy to look at your ad and quickly tell you, hey, this is good, this isn't isn't good, this is what you need to do. So feel free to connect with me at any time. Um, on LinkedIn is probably the best way. But, you know, some people I've been doing this a long time, so I kind of have the knack for it. But not everybody is that has a marketing um, um, headspace. And then if you have everything prepared up front, one more thing you want to have prepared before you post that job ad is. So before you hit click and then in moments you're going to get candidates, we wish. Right. But um, you want to make sure you've talked to the interviewing team all the way down to the receptionist or the administrative support person who's going to help greet those people or schedule appointments. You wanna have a meeting with them um, and say, okay, here is our timeline. We're going live tomorrow with the job ad. What does everybody's schedule look like? Oh, manager, you're on vacation. Boom, we're not going live with the job ad then. Um, or manager, are you okay? with not interviewing the people and having somebody else interview them for you. And so really, really, really being prepared. I even tell my clients, I go ahead because I usually have access to their calendar. And I say, we're putting the job ad out, um, say Thursday. And we're gonna have candidates immediately. We tend to get a lot of candidates over the weekend as well. Uh, but what we wanna do is starting maybe Tuesday, start sorting through those candidates and scheduling phone interviews. So anybody who's involved in the phone interviews, whether it's HR and admin person, whoever it might be, I block out their calendars for that whole week. I say, okay, from whatever, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Focus
0: Uh, time. Focus uh, time. Yep.
1: And if we don't book it, we don't book it, but at least they're not overbooking. Right. And, oh, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't interview you now because I was scheduled for a meeting. How could you get scheduled for a meeting if I already blocked out your calendar?
0: Exactly. So, exactly. So, hey, uh, quick question here for you though. How do you feel about those uh, interview questions that a lot of employers feel they have to ask? You know which ones I'm talking about. What is your biggest weakness? What's your greatest strength? Where do you see yourself in 5 years? What about it those type on questions? The role.
1: You know, it really depends on the role. I mean, if it's an entry level role, geez, give the person a break, right? It's more, you should be more making them feel like they, they can not be so nervous and stop shaking at the interview, you know? Yeah. But a lot of people, I mean, interviews are the, are, are the worst thing ever. Um, not only for the manager, but for the candidate. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. I mean, you're given you, the manager or the HR team or whoever's doing the initial interview are basically giving somebody maybe three minutes of, of your time, even if you even take that long to look over their resume, a couple minutes of their of your time on the phone interview to say, yes, you're going to the next stage or I'm rejecting you. And like that person put a lot into applying for your job. Um, please don't make your application so complicated. I, I do think for some, some roles, especially if they're um, professional roles, And then if they're going to be supervising or leading a team or a project, those questions about where you're going to be in three, five, ten years are important. But for other other people, you know, or other roles, I should say it's not important. Because seriously, if you haven't been able to retain somebody for three years, why are you, uh, your only goal is to hire somebody who wants to stay with your company for three years? Good
0: point. Good point. (laughs) Hey, what about some of those other uh, borderline questions, Wendy? What if you're putting yeah, the power so. in the hands of that manager and the interviewees in front of them and they simply ask, hey, where are you from originally? Or do you go to church? Are you married? Or uh, oh, boy, when did you me? graduate high school? Or lastly, <laughs> lastly, how, how would you feel, Wendy, about managing a team of all men?
1: Yeah, you have to. First of all, folks that are listening to this, please do not put that job ad out and allow people to start booking ca- uh, candidates for interviews. Um, until you do some basic training, and I can help with this as well. Um, But you need to, people need to know what unacceptable interview questions are, and what acceptable interview questions are. So for example, oh, wow, you look so young. How old are you? Unacceptable, unacceptable, unacceptable. Now, the interesting thing is candidates sometimes bring up these things that are, um, you as a manager, or as HR, or even as the receptionist, are not supposed to talk about.
0: Excellent point.
1: You know, they might say like, wow, you look so young. How do you have 20 years experience? That is usually a conversation that is um, meant to be nice. And oh, we're just trying to make you feel at home, but could be borderline discriminatory. Um, So the candidate sometimes brings those things up like, oh, I started working at 14 or I moved from this country or I have this ability or disability or um, yeah, I, I know there's not a lot of people in this a zip code that are my race or gender orientation, and they bring it up, I'm not telling you to ignore it. It is uncomfortable, but you you do you should say is you should have a list, um, which is related to the job description, by the way, like a checklist to say, okay, well, thank you for giving me that information, but we actually don't record that information in interviews. And so just so you know, it's not being written down on my uh, my checklist or on my score sheet so that they know. Trust me, it's kind of incredibly awkward, no matter what. It's awkward for everybody involved, but I'd rather you let them know up front that that is information that we don't want to know or that we're not recording, and I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but I do want you to know that I'm not writing that down or recording it, and I'm going to go on to the next uh, next question.
0: Wendy, the HR lady, JC, I've got one final thing here for you. The employees are with you now. Should you give those new hires a chance to share their feedback about the company in general and the onboarding process in particular?
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, I'm sure you probably have a boatload of stats on this,
0: but (laughs) most
1: new hires leave, not most, many new hires leave within the first few months. And we need to know why. I mean, obviously 30, 31% some...
0: actually 31% of workers have quit a job within the first six months, believe it or not.
1: I believe it. I'm surprised they even lasted that long, you know, to be honest. And in uh, during this, uh, this pandemic that we're still in, I, I would, I would think that the statistics have probably increased even more. Why? Because, it has been become socially acceptable to have short time jobs. And um, let's just say you and I are competitors and we're interviewing the same candidate and JC and you went and hired that person and they left. I I don't care that they left you. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Come back. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. We want you. You know, we've already interviewed you. You turned us down. Yep. Come back. Like, I don't even care at that point that they were only with you for two months and they tell me, It didn't work out. Okay, fine, whatever. Come on in. Let's interview again. Let's get this deal closed. Can you start Tuesday? Um, It's become more acceptable um, because we're desperate and there's not enough candidates and there's not enough, um, not just candidates, but talent out there. And so when we fall in love with the candidate, we're waiting for them to leave the next person and bring them in. Uh, But it definitely, you know, feedback, feedback, feedback is a two-way street. So we can't just uh, the days of us going, OK, we're going to give a 90 day review and then we'll talk to you again in a year. They're gone. And yeah. if you're doing that, your your employees know that you don't necessarily care about them. And even if you do, they want more uh, more information on a regular basis.
0: And, 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 means- and folks, truly, I mean, it, biggest part of the reason there, too, is it's helping reinforce your culture. Is helping reinforce the transparency. You're going to make those employees feel valued at the end of the day, and you're going to support that open and honest culture. It's going to accelerate the new hire productivity, and ultimately, you're going to improve your onboarding process by facilitating that pathway, that that two-way feedback. I didn't mean to jump in. I just had a passion to bring it to the table right then and there for you.
1: No, it's definitely, it's so important. Um, I would rather find out at four months because there's been two-way communication and transparency and open lines of communication. So I, as the HR person, would rather a a new hire come to me at four months, jump over their manager or even their, their manager's manager and say, I'm not comfortable going to them, but I'm having an issue. I have a medical issue. I am not catching on as much as I thought I would and I don't know what to do. I'd rather you tell me that at four months so that we could stop, retrain you, train you in a different manner because not everybody learns the same way, and and stop you from quitting at five or six months, as you said in the statistics, versus just saying, nah, no news is good news, it's fine. Because managers usually know when people aren't catching on, but all too often they're busy and they keep going. Oh, I'll talk to them. I'll talk to them. I'll talk to them, and then they don't. So this goes back to you know how I was saying um, for before you press you know uh, uh, post for the job ad to have your managers all scheduled for an interview yes. for the next two weeks and let the candidate know this is a three step process. You're going to talk to this administrative person first, and they're going to ask you a few. Go, no, go questions. Once you pass that, you're going to talk to the manager. Once you pass that, you're going to talk to the director. Then I'm going to give you an offer. So they know what the steps are. Well, it should be the same thing once they're hired at, um, you know, the first week, this is what's going to happen. So I also like to have my clients give a calendar of events. So a schedule of events for the first six to 12 months of employment. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more going on in day one, week right. one, you know, first month, three months. But so they know you are going to go and maybe do a mini internship in another department for a week so you could better understand our marketing side or our sales side or our production side so it all comes together. So the the recruiting process um, really goes through the onboarding all the way, you know, for some jobs, it could be three to five years if it's a, a job that takes a long time to get, you know, incredibly proficient at.
0: In that feedback process, it's really important, folks, to focus on remaining positive and providing constructive comments through the process. Positive feedback is a huge motivational tool for the employee and your entire workforce, especially the person that's giving that constructive positive <laughs> feedback at the same time. They're going to feel good doing that. And for the uh, the people receiving it as well, look, delivering that uh, positive feedback, uh, the person handing that out, it's, it's going to help balance the constructive points to follow. And and it's important just to remember the, that two-way street, just just keep it open, keep it transparent, keep it honest, and stay positive among all things, if you could. I don't know, a couple, couple words of wisdom from the old man with the deep voice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I, I think one of my, uh, my final comments about um, recruiting and hiring um, and reducing uh, turnover of new hires is to use more than one source to post your job ads and I know that's hard it's time intense and it's expensive but you, you could just do a quick search online I just did one um, of you know the the most common job sites for people to use and it's uh, from a money.com article and it's indeed which I think a lot of people know zip recruiter LinkedIn Glassdoor angel list and and for government jobs is USA jobs. Um, You know, they do cost money, so you got to make sure you get your act together uh, up front and be prepared. And don't use all six um, or five (laughs) because most of you probably aren't government employers, but don't use all of them. But test it out. Say for these jobs, I'm going to use these two sites or for these jobs over here. I'm going to use these other sites. The other site that is 100 percent free for everyone to use, however you do need to register, and sometimes that's a hassle, is your local unemployment office. It's all online. It's usually called a um, career uh, career site or workforce, but you know we refer to it as the unemployment. But every state has one. There's the side that's unemployment, and then there's the side for employers, and it's completely free. And guess what? If you're receiving, if candidates are receiving unemployment, they have to be registered on those websites. We already pay for this with our tax dollars. So there's options out there. And of course there's social media too, but you just need to make sure that the social media that you're using is the social media that your candidates would be using. Yeah.
0: I would definitely post something over on those, uh, unemployment boards like that. than uh, go on a Craigslist. That's just me. That's just me. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: Hey, folks, putting employee well-being at the forefront of their talent, uh, of of your talent management strategies is so critical nowadays. Uh, Enacting policies that prevent burnout while enabling employees to to flourish both professionally and personally helps reinforce your culture and uh, keeps things positive along the way. Uh, With that being said, we're around that time in the program, Wendy, where it's uh, it's time to wrap up. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm JC. It's been my pleasure to be back here for you. Oh, uh, the HR lady, Wendy Sellers, some final words from you, please.
1: Final words are, is I am here to help. So I, I can't help myself from helping, which is why I'm here on the podcast. If you have any additional information or need some advice or even just need me to review a job ad for you, I'd be happy to do so. Just message me on LinkedIn, uh, Wendy Sellers, or you can email me directly at wendy at the HR lady.com.
0: Take care.